This is Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm Dan Wanshura. Coming up a bit later on the show, when you're traveling through local airports up north, there's one quintessential touristy thing that you have to remove from your bags. Do you know what it is? You'll find out in just a little bit. And we'll also have a story from Michigan's maritime past. But first, across the world right now, there's a dramatic airplane pilot shortage. North America will need over 200,000 new pilots in the next two decades, according to Boeing. But as the demand for pilots keeps growing, the number of women in the industry hasn't, except locally, as IPR's Bronte Cook reports. Give it a second. Jesse Martin starts the engine on a single propeller plane at Northwestern Michigan College. The skies are clear and the plane is ready for takeoff. But right now, it's a little too windy to fly. This is, this is our um, attitude indicator. This is our heading indicator. This gives us Martin is an aviation student and flight instructor at NMC. If the weather cooperates, she'll be lifting off for a night fly across the city in just a few hours. The runways and the, the cities and everything are so beautiful when they're all lit up at night. Martin grew up in Leelanau County. When she was 14, she shadowed a local pilot and flew in a plane for the very first time. And he's like, who's never flown? And I'm like, I've never been in a plane. He put me up in the front with him, and I, I fell in love. But she ended up becoming a zookeeper instead. It wasn't until she was in her 40s and had moved back to the area that she turned to aviation. 50 years ago in the U.S., women made up 1% of commercial pilots. Today, it's 6%. Women overall, we're definitely an untapped resource. Yeah, the field is opening up, but when we're out there flying, even in the office, it's, it's mostly guys. But even with the guys, numbers are shrinking. Faye Malarkey Black is the president of the Regional Airline Association. She says pilot shortages are happening because lots of pilots are retiring, and it's getting harder to get a license. Plus, more passengers are traveling around the world, increasing the demand for aviators. We are obviously facing a really big problem. Malarkey Black says many airlines and flight schools have added financial and lifestyle benefits to attract pilots. And they've started recruiting more aggressively. Regionals and mainlines all have targeted recruiting that aim to make the flight deck look a lot more like the cabins and the customers that we serve. Which includes more women pilots. The aviation program at NMC is not doing that. They're not specifically recruiting women pilots. But somehow, the number of women in their program is double the national average. Alex Bloy is the director of the program. You know, the more women that we ended up enrolling, the more inspiration we had for the next generation. People want to see themselves in that population. They want to be inspired. Looking at the program, it's like, okay, it's not all guys, so it, it, that made it more comfortable for me personally. That's NMC aviation student Jesse Martin again. It's nice to have other women that, that we can you know, talk to and, and relate to and say, how did you overcome this challenge? Opportunities for female pilots to connect are growing. There are nonprofits that provide scholarships and host conferences and closed Facebook groups where they can talk privately about things, like how to dress for the job when most pilot outfits are tailored for men or childcare options while pursuing a travel-oriented career. And sometimes, female pilots bond through long-lasting traditions. Blaine County Traffic, Carlassic Racer 30 turning left onto Taxiway Charlie. 
That's the sound of a radio call from Martin's plane during the Air Race Classic last month. A race just for women. Martin competed in the race with fellow NMC aviation student Hannah Beard. They flew 2,600 miles in the single propeller plane. Classic Racer 30, clear of the runways on taxiway Charlie. Women's air racing began 90 years ago when 20 female pilots, including Amelia Earhart, flew cross-country. It's really great to be doing something that so many other women have done before us. This year, over 100 female pilots competed in the race. Martin's team was the first from NMC. And they came in 15th place. For Points North, I'm Bronte Cook. This is Points North. I'm Dan Wanshura. All right, shifting from pilots to passengers. Every summer, millions of visitors fly into airports across Michigan. And you may see some odd signs when you go through airport security. IPR's Max Johnston is here to explain. Hey, Max. Hey, Dan. All right, what are these signs? So there are some pictures going around on social media, in particular one from the Pelston Regional Airport that was bouncing around on Facebook a few weeks back. It was of a sign near the security scanning station, you know, where you put your carry-on luggage through an x-ray machine. And it was asking passengers to, and I'm quoting here, please remove fudge from carry-on bags. And why might a passenger have to do that, Max? Well, frankly, Dan, in the x-ray machine, fudge kind of looks like C4, which is a plastic explosive. So the TSA kindly asks that you remove fudge and scan it through separately. Okay, so uh, do you have any idea how much fudge is going through airports in Michigan? Now, there's not a database for fudge in airports, but there's clearly enough that three airports in northern Michigan, Cherry Capital, Pelston Regional, and Chippewa Central in the UP, have all put out the call to passengers to take it out of your baggage. Is this pretty unique to northern Michigan, or are there other products the TSA is is on the lookout for? Well, so the TSA actually has what they call region-specific recommendations for security. So different products in different parts of the country that go through security that they want to keep an eye out for. In Michigan, that's fudge. But if you're traveling from a place like Memphis, you can't have barbecue sauce in your check-on luggage. What's the big deal with barbecue sauce? Well, the TSA doesn't really like liquids, stuff like barbecue sauce or shampoo, because there is such a thing as liquid explosives. And you may be able to hide something in barbecue sauce, same as you could do with fudge. All right, better eat that fudge up before you go on the airplane, Max. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. I'm Dan Wanshura. This is Points North. People still travel by boat across Lake Michigan. Right around here, you can hop on the SS Badger in Ludington and take the ferry to Manitowoc, Wisconsin. But a century ago, it was much more common. Passenger steamers were the main way vacationers got up north in the summer. Sean Anchek of the Maritime Heritage Alliance has the story of one steamer's evolution. When the brand new 225-foot steamer City of Traverse arrived in her namesake community on May 1, 1871, she was greeted by a large crowd of citizens on hand to inspect the new craft. She was built by the Hannah Lay and Company, and became a fascination to behold. The Grand Traverse Herald stated, The cabins and staterooms are pleasant and commodious and as tastefully and richly furnished as the most fastidious could desire. The beds consist of an excellent mattress of the improved wire support. 
Beautiful Brussels carpeting covers the floor and the furniture is of handsome black walnut. The residents of the emerging Grand Traverse region were justifiably proud of this new ship. In the first year alone, she carried hundreds of travelers and delivered over 12 million board feet of lumber to Chicago. She also carried grain to Buffalo and Erie. Just 16 years later, in 1887, the forests in northern Michigan had been depleted, the lumber mills sold, and the once-proud steamer City of Traverse left the Grand Traverse Bay Area for good, relocating to Chicago. For the next 18 years, she ferried passengers to many ports, including Duluth, Sault Ste. Marie, Houghton, Marquette, and many others. Sadly, in 1905, she became a floating pool and gambling hall, anchored off the Chicago area. Sometime after, she collided with the Wells Street Bridge in Chicago and suffered severe damage. Instead of repairing her, she operated exclusively as a freight vessel. Then, by 1915, she was dismantled and worked as a floating dry dock, a far cry from its start as one of the most luxurious passenger ships on the Great Lakes. Thus was the end for the once glorious steamer, City of Traverse, a well-built ship that served faithfully for nearly 45 years on the Great Lakes. For the Maritime Heritage Alliance, this is Sean Anchak. And that's our show this week. I'm Dan Wanshura. Morgan Springer is our executive producer and editor. Catch us Fridays on IPR News Radio anytime at pointsnorthradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's kind of hard to believe, but this is our 20th episode of Points North. If you like what you hear, now's a great time to give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It will take just a minute and will help more people find the show. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.